HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Square. If you run a restaurant or business, Square has the tools to help you stay connected to customers, shift your business, and navigate this uniquely challenging time. Learn more at square.com slash go slash speakeasy. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Hey, Bills. Gents, how are you? Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, Doing yet, all right. Yeah, yet another remote recording. We're all in separate places. Uh, Greg and I are both here in New York, but in separate places in New York. And Damon's on the West Coast, and we're all, uh, you know... Uh, digitally commuting in to do the show. Um, it's becoming a little bit easier, I think, but uh, but it took a little bit of practice. Um, but I'm feeling a little bit better about how we're doing. Um, what's going on in your world, Damon? Oh man, um, just uh, you know, just had an Unterberg and um, <laughs> ah, me too. You know, cool. Um, yeah, uh, Grand Army started uh, doing takeout last weekend, and it's going really well. So that's been the main focus. I've got some some fun things uh worked up for that and uh it was it was i think it was a good thing for us to take a break uh at the beginning of quarantine and kind of like just take a breather and like figure out how we were going to do the takeout service and like what our offerings were going to be you know for us being like a raw bar it's i mean we are actually doing uh oysters to go on on ice which is kind of awesome I, I i didn't think we would i never thought i'd see the day we were doing that but uh it's it's working and people are really uh really digging it so i think i mean so far so good uh it's you know we had to adapt um the menu and offerings obviously to reflect the the possibilities of what we can actually provide um and that in itself was kind of fun too i mean you think it'd be kind of like daunting and kind of like a little bit discouraging maybe but it's actually fun you know especially you know seeing that this way too you know the whole uh 2020 spring summer menu <laughs> era is like it, it just doesn't exist so right. you know when you know we think about you know our seasonal menus and like the you know sometimes like certain ingredients or you know spirits or you know techniques that are kind of like i don't i hate to say trending but like you know things that have kind of evolved into you know a new technique or new taste that's on spotlight at the moment you can kind of go back and look at your past menus and kind of tell just by reading the ingredients in the cocktails or on the food that i was like oh that was that must have been fall 2018 you know just based on whatever ingredient so it's kind of like this lost menu and we've talked about you know doing uh like featuring some of that you know maybe next year this time with uh you know i'm knocking on wood that hopefully everything's clear and you know kind of doing the the lost menu as a a fun kind of theme um but yeah (laughs) it's been it's been fun uh and it's really you know brought the team together which is yeah very important so yeah i mean boundaries create well, they create creativity, right? They force creativity, sure. I should say. So you've got these massive boundaries right now, and you're having to be creative about what you can offer and how you can offer it. Are you, like many other bars, including myself, are you selling 
bottles of spirits? Like, are you operating sort of as a liquor store as well? Yeah, we're doing that. We're we're also featuring um, some books from our neighbors, and hopefully, uh, we can add one of those books to the uh, the list after today's conversation. Um, oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, not you, not your book, Souther. If I I'm know, not in I it, know. we don't feature it. <laughs> I, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're selling bitters. I mean, we're not we're not trying to compete with Amoria Margo by any means, but uh, you know, it's really just about like providing our our neighborhood with some stuff that you know is like not you know not necessarily available at a lot of the grocery stores and like bodegas and stuff. You know, because it gets you know, I, I've noticed a lot that uh, you know. You can't, it's kind of hard to find Angostura bitters. And, uh, you know, we have a direct, you know, account with the distributors so we can sell bottles easily. We can get them easily and sell them easily. And, uh, we're also like having oyster knives made with the Grand Army logo on them so you can check oysters at home, like stuff like that. Just fun things. Um, our next batch of like t shirts and swag are coming out. We're doing bandanas. Because obviously, and we were going to do that initially, uh, but it kind of got lost in the mix. But um, yeah, just fun stuff for like our five year, uh, and and you know, thinking just, it's just you know, it's it's been a pretty fun mental exercise. It's been obviously, I'm, I'm not like talking about the darkness of everything, but like uh, I'm trying to be positive. But you know, it's uh, it's been really fun and interesting adapting to this situation and knowing that we have an amazing crew you know it just helps all the more yeah of course i mean uh you know again our field is filled with creative folks who 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 definitely think outside the box on a daily basis and when you put them in a position where they're you know in this in this case our backs are sort of up against a wall uh we come up with ways to adapt and overcome and survive right yeah um but I think uh, that's we can segue a little bit into our, our guest on the show today. Uh, in the virtual studio today, we've got uh, owner of Leanda, author of Spirits of Latin America, uh, and the co-founder of uh, Speed Rack, uh, Ivy Mix. Hey, Ivy, welcome. Hey, how are you guys doing? Well, you know, we're doing as well as we can, yeah. given the circumstances that we're facing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we're all in the same storm. Uh, this is a new analogy I heard. We're all in the same storm. We're not all in the same boat. Um, so that some of us, true. some of us have it a little yeah. better. Some of us have it a little worse. You know, some some some, some, are not, some of us have dingies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bunch of dingies on this show. Um, yeah. <laughs> Speak for it. I'm I'm clinging to the door. I've got the I've got whatever that thing that Rose was hanging on to off the yeah. side of the Titanic. That's, that's, that's fine. Exactly what I was gonna. I'm Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gone. I have nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're um, you're that crazy diamond. You're the hope diamond. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Ivy, you've, this is I think the third time you've been on the show. So thanks for coming yeah. back on. And um, you know, I know that like Landa just turned five years old. So did Grand Army. Um, and you are now opening up for takeout service, just like Grand Army did. And that's not the only thing that we're twinning on because we're both actually identical twins. <laughs> so we, we I didn't realize how like how our timeline is like to, we might as well be related. <laughs> creepy. Right. Yeah, very creepy. Thank hey. you. That's, that's, I mean, that's she, my line. No. She, Ivy's like my sister, you know, and, and Tess also, is like my other twins, sister too. Yeah. And all the twins have all hung out and we are quite the sight because we're all kind of tall and blondish. Um so it's pretty pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so Ivy, yeah. this is a oh sorry. Uh, so Ivy, this is a, a you know not the greatest time, um, or maybe it is the greatest time. You know, I, my book has been out for over a year now, and we've seen an incredible spike in sales during uh, COVID because people are at home, they're bored, maybe they want to uh, get some information that they can make some drinks at home. So, uh, but you, this is, uh, this is obviously going to interfere with your maybe book tour or traveling around. But how does it feel to get your first book launched, uh, Spirits of Latin America, during during what's going on? Well, I mean, it's really weird. I think, you know, I didn't know what it was like to write a book. Um, it is extremely hard, also rewarding, yeah. but, um, you know, extremely hard. 
I also, it's like sometimes, Damon, I'm sure you get this question too, like, what's it like to be a twin? And I'm like, I don't know. What's it like not to be a twin? Because I really have no what's idea. What's it like being an asshole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, people are like, what? Like, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to release a book any other time, but this time, um, yeah. basically, is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. And, you know, it's interesting looking at and talking to the people at 10 speed press, you know, they're like, Oh, well we would have thought that they would think that we'd be doing better, you know, if times were different, but I don't think we're doing poorly. You know, I mean, according to Amazon, we're, we oscillate between number one and Latin American travel guides and new cocktail book releases. So like, that's good. Like that's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's outstanding, but maybe it would be better if it were another time. I mean, the other thing is, is that the book is, like it's equal parts, it's equal parts cocktails. Well, it's almost even lesser cocktails, but it's like cocktails and armchair voyeurism. Like it's kind of a message of go to these places, see these things, experience this world. So I think in the fact that people can't go and drink in bars yeah. and like can't go and, you know, they can't go hop on an airplane that, yeah, it will have a bigger draw because people have such bad FOMO. So I was going to ask about that. I mean, like, as far as you say, like, I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter what subject you're writing about. It's still going to be a difficult endeavor. Did you, like, as far as the the way that you, first of all, how long did it take you to make this book? I'm asking also for myself because I'm working on my book right now. Um, yeah. But also, I wanted to know, like, like, as far as, like, the travel goes, like, you must have, I mean, you you lived um, where you lived in? I can't remember where you said you lived for a while. <laughs> I, lived, I lived in Guatemala. Guatemala, for, yeah. Off and on for four years, but I also lived in Argentina and Peru and some other places. But oh, Guatemala was the big one. That's where I yeah, started. Okay. Yeah, and so like you already had that experience, in, you know, like in your in your log anyway. So that was yeah. obviously like a inspiration for this book uh, initially. And, but did you do like a lot of traveling for yeah research? I'm doing my, my air quotes right now. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> I, know. I know people are like tough life must've been really hard to go right. write that book. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, I just made the life choice of people thinking I don't have a real job and turn, come to find out it uh, really worked out for me. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it took me a long time. Like you said, like I have, li I have, I had lived in Latin America kind of before I ever really got into the cocktail scene. Um, and then once I got into the cocktail bartending scene, I've just, I've always been the most interested in Latin American spirits. And a lot of the book is about that. Just, the, I think that there's flavors involved in Latin American spirits that are much more interesting to me. I am not that interested in barrel aging or aged spirits. I'm much more interested in like the raw material because it's a little bit more rudimentary. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's very prevalent in Latin America and uh, all the rest of it. So I, I had been in the years prior, like many trips to Mexico, learning about tequila and mezcal and, you know, Chiranda and some of the rums down there. You know, I'd been to Peru on a Pisco trip. I'd been to, you know, Jamaica on a rum trip. But for, for this book, I it took a long time. Like between the getting an agent, which, you know, my agent, I have a new agent, I guess is what I'll say about that. And I now have a new agent um, that's different from, the, different from the one that I signed that book with. Um, then getting involved with 10 Speed Press and then writing the proposal and then, you know, all this stuff. It took a long time. Um, but I, pro I wrote a lot of it, did a lot of research kind of in the library and whatever for about eight months. And that was after I wrote my proposal and that was like a three-month process. And then I traveled last year, like, thank God. I mean, not thank God. It's lucky that COVID is happening now rather than last year because this is exactly when I was traveling for my book. Like, I yeah. would have been yeah. marooned in Brazil. Like, worst things have happened, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I traveled from last December until April pretty much nonstop. If I wasn't on an airplane in Latin America, I was on an airplane in the States doing a speed rack. Um, so, yeah, and then I edited yeah. it for, God, I remember when I handed my first draft in April, in May, and I thought I was done, and that's not what happens. I edited it all <laughs> summer, um, which is the most painful, I'm sure, Souther, you can relate, and Damon, that's going to happen to you too. Editing 
your book is like slowly pulling out your eyelashes. It's I mean, like... our 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 mutual friend Philip Duff. When I was editing my book, he he said to me, uh, "You you never finish editing. You simply abandon it." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's yep. that's what happens. You have to get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm willing to just walk away. It's good enough. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I, that was yeah. It was crazy. That was definitely the hardest thing. And like you know, I that they requested thirty five thousand words. I handed them sixty two thousand words and like way whoa. too many photographs. Oh yeah. And that was after I edited it down from seventy five thousand words myself. And then it was just like cut these pages. No one needs to know this much about pre Hispanic distillation. Like <laughs> that. <laughs> and I was like no. But it was, I mean, you know, take those pages and digitize them and offer them as a bonus round for the nerds, you know? Yeah, that's true, huh? It's still yeah. a really nerdy book. They couldn't they couldn't take my nerd completely out, but <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really it's a really insane process. But now I hold a copy in my hand and other people can too, which is great. Yeah, it's already is it already out? Uh, it's out May 26th. So. That's what I thought. Okay, it's still yeah. coming up. But you, so you can still pre-order on all outlets, I'm sure. Yes. Um, Who are your is, independent bookstores, if you can? Yeah, there we go. Um, that's always the best. Um, and I'm sure you'll have copies for sale at the bar, yeah? Yeah, for all the people who can come in. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, as Damon said, it's a great uh, sort of add-on to a pickup order uh, yeah. you know, of cocktails. Yeah. And we would love to carry them at Grand Army. Well, yeah. I'll give you the number. You can pick them up. We're going to carry them to Atlanta. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be interested in. You know, I sell books at Amori Margo as well. So, so there you go. You've already got some sales racking up. Woohoo! Distribution. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, now you mentioned uh, in that little bit there about how much you travel for Speedrack, um, uh, and I know you probably you know maybe get weary of talking about it, but it's such an impressive thing that you've done, you and Lynette Romero. Uh, plus, you won a couple of great Spirited Awards at Tales of the Cocktail for your work with philanthropy. Um, talk a little bit more about Speedrack and what it does and how it does it. Yeah, so Speedrack, um, it's funny just how much has changed in the last however many years, but it started in 2011. Um, the the result, I know, we're 11, we're going to be 10 soon, um, which makes me feel so very old. I just send you guys some first year of Speedrack photos and I'm just like bright eyed, bushy tailed, and baby faced. <laughs> It's like Lynette's hair isn't completely gray. It's a it's wacky. Oh man, I had like no beard <laughs> and like short hair. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, we started in 2011 basically um, because I was trying to work my way up in the cocktail world after having having had bartended uh, having had bartended for four years just in dive bars in, in Guatemala before that, um, and this was when you know in 2008 nine. That's when, as you all remember, like cocktails were synonymous with mixology, which was not yet an uncool word. And all cocktails were served in speakeasies. And in speakeasies, everyone wanted to look like Jerry Thomas. And guess what? I don't look like Jerry Thomas. And neither <laughs> do any of the women I know, thank God. Um, so we decided to make, so there wasn't really a place for women to fit in in these um categories of what like a quote-unquote mixologist was so we started speed rack to try to create a a platform for women to stand on in a male-dominated industry but you know that was 10 years ago and now everything's changed like trump got elected the me too movement happened there's a whole like new era of feminism right now in the world which is you know sucks to take a chauvinistic pig to you know do that but i'm glad the moment has come um, and now speed wrecked a little bit different, I'd say. Um, you know, we, we travel all over the world now. Uh, you know, last year we went to Hong Kong, Melbourne, Mexico City, all of the United States, uh, Montreal. I'm forgetting, forgetting one somewhere. But yeah, you know, we went all over. And now what's really amazing is that these women have connections across the whole world that's bigger than the competition itself. It's almost, for lack of a better word, like a sorority. Um, oh, oh, sure. I've kind of always thought that about it. It seems to me like it's just a massive platform for networking it, and, of course, generating revenue for, for charitable uh, concern. But the, it seems like it's it's just a great way to create camaraderie. Yeah, and it's really great. And it's, I think now more than ever, like especially in COVID times, like I'm on millions of text threads from like, 
different local regional events to like national finals to just random chicks across the globe who connected and everyone's like what are you doing like how's your to-go going you know it's just an amazing network of people to lean on that wouldn't have otherwise existed and I, i'm really glad that lynette and i did that yeah we are too <laughs> <laughs> um, movies, who doesn't like that it's good gotta be safe <laughs> yeah but you know i mean i i it it's not it, to me it's not just about connecting women it's connected to everyone you know it's it's bigger oh, yeah, than for sure what you like what the initial idea was it's it's become so much bigger than that and i know that you feel every every ounce of that you know and uh mm-hmm. but it's like i i know that like i i've been to i would say probably 8 to 10 of them whenever i was like in town and able yeah. to go to them and it's like it's like it's like going like to like a class reunion, you know. <laughs> it's like I see I see people I worked with, you know, like ten years ago that I you know I get to catch up with, and like it's just and also while like supporting a great cause and like seeing all this amazing talent, and it also really inspires bartenders to push themselves harder. You know, it's it's it, it's all around. It's for everyone, you know. It's it's great. Um, and I can't believe that it's almost 10 years old now. It's crazy. Right now. That's like, <laughs> uh, oh, another thing we started at the same time, because I started the speakeasy almost 10 years ago. Jesus, yeah, we are really thing. twinning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty hard. Um, Ivy, do you know uh, off the top of your head how much, uh, how much over the years the total donations have been to charitable concerns regarding breast cancer? Yeah. Um, so obviously this year was cut short. Um, uh, you know, when we first started doing speed rack, we raised like two to $3,000 an event. And we thought that was really big. And in the last year, two years, we raised like 18 to $25,000 an event, which is crazy. So, um, it sucks that we aren't doing any of our events right now, because that's where we make all of our money. But I mean, for the charities. So we have raised just under... One million one hundred thousand dollars. So we hit one million this summer um, because we were really close. Nice. We we're ten thousand dollars close at the Spirited Awards, actually. And Lynette mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, and then Don Q Rum called Lynette. Literally, I was sitting right next to Lynette, and I was like, "We got your ten thousand. And I was like, "Don Q, like you guys are. That's a class act." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great. That was a great moment. I remember that as well. Yeah. Um, to push you over that benchmark and, and that's incredible. Are you considering doing, you know, as everyone is right now with everything that's going on, are you considering doing any sort of, um, you know, internet activations, Zoom speed racks or anything crazy like that? I don't know, because how do we judge? We did do like a tiny one with Cherry Bomb the other day. Um, they had their, their Cherry Jubilee that got canceled because of COVID. And it's just not, I don't know how we can do it. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's sad though. I miss it. I always bitched about going. I'm like, God, gotta get another airplane. Gotta go to another city and only see the dingy inside of this concert venue. And now I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now you're stuck with just your, your apartment and, and, you know, the bar, if you can get there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's also been pretty crazy, you know, to see how different apps and interfaces have, changed how they've adapted to these times new ones popping up and you know like like for instance we're using zencaster i had never heard of zencaster until covid you know and like right um one of my bandmates started a new uh live music platform um called check one two and adapting to the times right now is crucial for our bars and businesses right but also every we do a lot more than just making cocktails for people. You know, obviously you're on this show. We've got so much to talk to you about uh, with the book, the speed rack and obviously Landa too, you know, and how we're adapting in these times. And I, you know, I don't think we're too far away from having an actual feasible way of putting on a cocktail competition like speed rack uh, digitally. So, I mean, like I, I, I wouldn't be too. It, there's nothing like the real thing, obviously. Um, you know, going to a show live and being in a bar and talking to people and having everything that goes along with it. But 
I think there's hope there, and I think it's coming soon for yeah the continuation yeah. of Speed Drag and other life conditions. finds a way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that seems like a good uh, moment to just t- pause and take a break to hear from our sponsors. We'll come right back and keep talking with Ivy Mix of Leanda uh, and new author of the book Spirits of Latin America. And then we'll talk a little bit more about her work with IRC. So stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Square. We all know that this is an incredibly challenging time for our friends running restaurants and small food businesses. With social distancing in place, people are staying home and eating in, and restaurants have had to pivot to pickup and delivery only. HRN would usually be recording our podcast from our studio inside Roberta's, but since they've had to close their dining room, they've ramped up their frozen pizza production, set up a wine and grocery shop, and seen their delivery orders skyrocket. Like Roberta's, many restaurants have been changing offerings day by day as they figure out how to best serve their customers. If you run a restaurant or small business, Square has the tools to help you adapt. One of these tools is the Square online store. It lets you set up a free online ordering page with curbside pickup and local delivery so you can keep customers safe. You can deliver orders yourself or integrate with delivery partners. Its order hub lets you manage all your incoming orders in one place, no matter which delivery partners you choose to use. Square has all the tools to help you stay connected to customers no matter where they are. See everything that's available by visiting square.com go speakeasy. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Today in our virtual studio, I I can't say it. Um, Words sound weird. They don't compute. Um, (laughs) In our studio today, I'm just going to say in our studio today, we have my good friend, our good friend, Ivy Mix. And we've been talking about her new book, Spirits of Latin America. We've been talking about Speed Rack and what a great organization that is. Uh, If you don't know, you must have been living under a rock for the last 10 years. Um, And... I want to talk a little bit about like, so you've got Landa is opening up. We're going to talk about the independent restaurant coalition, um, but let's talk about Landa for a second. Uh, Five years. How does that feel? Uh, I mean, good, you know, five years, I guess I'm on a five year circuit, five years. Then I, from speed rack, I opened Landa five years from Landa, my book's coming out. So that's good. Um, You know, celebrating. That's what they mean when they say, what's your five year plan. You're, you're right on time. Yeah. <laughs> right shit now i gotta think of another one um <laughs> you'll find something but, uh, <laughs> but yeah you know i mean it feels great yesterday was so bittersweet i thought that i was gonna wrap up the like intertwine our five-year anniversary and our and my book launch and have this massive party. oh sure um because they're just you know they're one week apart from one another um but instead i you know batched and juiced a lot in the basement of Landa yesterday. Um, but it feels great, you know, and the greatest thing I think is the amount of support. Like I'm sure you guys have felt this too in your establishments, but just the outpouring of support that we get on a normal basis, like mostly via social media. But when we first shut down, we got heartfelt emails being like, we can't wait till you guys come back. We are here to support you. So that, you know, it feels great that I created this place with my partners that our staff is so happy to be part of and that the clientele is so happy to be part of. Um, You know, I'm talking about spirits that when we first opened up, we we were like, well, shit, people don't even know what this stuff is, let alone how to pronounce it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Been there. Yeah. (laughs) And now here we are. And, uh, you know, it's really uplifting. And like yesterday this server of ours, his name's Spencer. He's hilarious. I love him to death. And he's just like the perfect amount of neurotic. He wrote, he wrote the email to the group. You know, we have like this ongoing COVID email chain. So he writes this email to everyone be like, happy anniversary, everyone. I'd love to get another zoom again soon. Cause I've been doing these like staff zooms. Mm-hmm. So I am zooming in whoever wants to join from our staff from our first full day of to go. And the whole staff is going to join. So how great is that? Aww. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, the outpouring from your you know, your guests and, and the, the camaraderie from your team, that's just affirmation that you've built something that, that, that you know, the machine works. You've proven the concept. Like, it, it's it's working. Yeah, right? and, that, and that's so rewarding and, you know, like, what a fantastic feeling. Even without being able to be around the people on that actual day, like, Robbie Nelson came by and was like, happy anniversary, and gave me some Amass gin hand sanitizer. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> right. well, there's, something, there's something almost kind of pure about having like a big, reaching a big milestone during a time like this, because, you know, I mean, it, like, I, I love a big party and a carnival as much as anybody else. Like, I, I'm sure that, you know, having a book launch and, a five-year anniversary on the same week would have been this massive gladiatorial, like, I have done it, I have vanquished my enemies type of feeling. And you don't get that, but what you get is is this very pure kind of outpouring of love and support from the people who really took notice, like people coming by and being like, hey, congrats on that, you know, in a really heartfelt, connected way. Almost feels, it's not it's not better or worse, but it is, it, it, uh, it, it warms the feels in a kind of unexpected way that I wouldn't have seen coming about, you know, two months ago when we were diving headfirst into this shitstorm. Right, right, exactly. And then also, like, no one's using me for that free margarita because it's not going to get it. <laughs> you know? like, happy birthday. Half here for the free drinks. You know, it's like, no, I actually genuinely care. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! You find out you find out who the real fans are, eh? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, for well, let's. Just a while. <laughs> so, how did you? Speaking of that, like, what what are you offering? Uh, like, and how how's that working out? Like, do you are you doing like a abbreviated menu, obviously, yeah. or doing the full thing, or like? How yeah. Are you so doing? basically, we um, so for the last. I'm not stealing ideas for Grand Army, by the way. <laughs> Bullshit! I'm taking notes. Like a like a punch card or something for people who are like frequent customers. Like, yeah. we should just people like buy all of our stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're basically we were doing what we were calling contactless cocktails for you know the last seven weeks, which is basically on Tuesdays and Fridays we would be open for four hours, but you had to pre-order your stuff. So you would order mm-hmm. the four or five days before, you'd come from this three hour window and pick up your cocktails for the next four days. And it was pretty successful. Um, but my cooks um, wanted to come back. Um, they have a car, so they don't have to take the subway. Um, a lot of them live in the same area. So, the question was, well, let's, are we comfortable opening this place up for a little bit more human traffic and then opening up for food too? So now we're doing a limited menu, um, nine drinks, 10 sometimes, um, and, uh, and eight food items, um, with wine and beer. And honestly, if someone's like, yo, can I buy Like, <laughs> I got you. What do you want to buy? If I have it in house, you can buy it from me. Um, but yeah, so that's it. We're doing caviar for delivery, probably going to add some delivery services there soon. And then we're doing, um, just online via square. We built our own deliver our pickup website, which is obviously better for us because the fees are less. Um, mm-hmm. and then that's that. Great. Yeah. I can't wait to come by. Thank you. If I can ever get back to New York, I will. Yeah. You're on the wrong coast. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I might come by on my scooter. So now, so you were open just two days for pickup. Are you open every day? Is that what you're saying? Uh, we're doing Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday, 5 to 9 at Leyenda in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. That's great. Um, you go to leyendabk.com to order and figure out what else we're doing. <laughs> right on. That's uh, <laughs> Leyenda, L-E-Y-E-N-D-A-B-K.com. Um Ivy, I want to talk to you a little bit about your efforts um, uh, involving the Independent Restaurant Coalition, the the IRC. First, I just I'm curious to know how you got involved with them. They they're mostly kind of like larger um, uh, you know spaces. Uh, Eleven Madison Parks involved. I think Tom Colicchio's in there somewhere. 
um, with guys like Rick Bayless, bigger bigger names, bigger spaces. And I don't see a lot of names in there that are bar oriented. How did you yeah. find yourself among this group, and and what are you guys doing, and how are you how are you helping? Yeah. So, um, okay, I'm gonna do the abbreviated version. Basically, I was I got interviewed for an article from the New York Times about the PPP, the Payment Protection Program, and I basically said it was bullshit and didn't work for bars and restaurants. Um, yeah, agree. Hard agree. Huh. Yeah. No sign. Yeah, exactly. And then I was Neil Bodenheimer from Cure in New Orleans. He and Gia Vecchio, um, who works on a lot of PR, Fox Gloves Communication, they were on the IRC already. Neil won a James Beard Award. So like IRC is all James Beard. It's all James Beard all the time. So they thought that they wanted some more bar people in there for exactly the thing that you're saying. Like there wasn't a lot of bar, there wasn't a lot of barness. <laughs> so uh, underrepresented. Yeah. Underrepresented. Yeah. So I was asked to um, come on and I did. And then in one of my first calls, um, we, people were talking about different items. The big thing being this thing called the stabilization fund, which I can talk about in a little bit, but pretty much talking about how to lobby. We're working with different lobbyists to try to get things done in the Hill. Um, I know so much about the Hill right now, guys. Like, (laughs) it's insane. But but basically, um, they were talking about these different codes, the NICS codes, about which defines what you are as a business for coding. And bars have a different code than restaurants. And I kind of popped up and I was like, well... Like under this thing that you're talking about, bars wouldn't be included, um, and my bar is a restaurant. <laughs> like I say, I serve way too much food, like way too much. Right. <laughs> um, and that got people's attention. And fast forward, I wrote a op-ed for Esquire about that same thing, um, just saying that bars are uniquely vulnerable to this situation that's happening right now. Um, and then they asked me to be on the advisory board for the IRC to represent bars, which is really crazy. Uh, so like little old me is, you know, do trying to fight my imposter syndrome, which is, has a chokehold around my neck. And, <laughs> you know, well, little old you is you, you're a Titan, you know, you, you, you came up strong and fast and, and you've maintained your integrity the, the whole way. So I don't think little old you is, is a apt uh, description. You're, you're yeah, a strong well, player. You're a strong player, and you didn't get invited to the table for no reason. I, I get imposter sy- syndrome. I've I've got it myself, but but like you belong there, and I'm glad you're there advocating for us for sure. Yeah, it's been really crazy, and and you know now as time goes on and the work we've done there, um, you're you're gonna see some stuff in the next few days that's pretty monumental that has to that comes directly from the work being done in the IRC and the big you know heroes the new act put forth in Congress trying to make changes to the PPP is very good. But the reality is restaurants need our own unique fund for it. We need a bailout. We need the same bailout that the, that the airline industry's got. Um, and my hope is that we're going to get it because realities are, especially like Grand Army and Leyenda and other bars and restaurants in New York, we are not going to open for a very very long time and most people still have to keep on paying rent and some people have to pay their quarterly water bills that are thirty thousand dollars and it's it's a clusterfuck and we need we need to keep working on it. so it's been a real joy doing that um it's been crazy and then on the new york side max katzenberg he owns olmstead and mason yaki he saw me on an irc call and was like hey will you join the new york hospitality coalition and I was like, sure. <laughs> so now I'm doing that with Max and Amanda Cohen from Dirt Candy. And I called Brian Lair the other two, three weeks ago to talk to the mayor on Friday. I got through. And now I we had a 45-minute telephone call with Bill de Blasio. And we're like in the system to try to help the health department going forward and in New York, you know, not screw us all once we all open. So that's been really the local stuff is really, really tangible and, and rewarding because it's actually where my establishment is. But it's all been—I certainly haven't been bored in this down in this quarantine time. 
<laughs> for sure. Well, that's well, that's amazing. And one thing that I've said a lot on this show that I, you know, maybe you can shed some more light on this, but the sort of one of the more depressing realizations and a slew of depressing realizations that have come out over the past eight weeks is, you know, looking at the legislation coming out uh, to help businesses of various sizes and realizing that most elected officials are so good at bailing out banks and Boeing because they understand those businesses and they're really shitty at helping businesses of the size that we all on the show need and care about because so few of our elected officials have experienced either being a blue collar or working directly with people who are like, you know, hourly workers um, who basically aren't, you know, stockbrokers. Right. Um, and it sounds like you really jumped in there to, to, to school them a little bit, to give them a much needed crash course that I sounds like maybe they didn't even know they were missing of like, they didn't. You're not doing this right for businesses of this size. And it's amazing, like, talking to the different, like, I've talked to Schumer, I've talked to, you know, Hawking Jeffries, like a whole bunch of, like, I've kind of gotten my little feet in there um, and and talked to people. And, like, for a while, for the first, right after PPP was out, people were like, wait, PPP doesn't work for you? And I was like, no. <laughs> and I was amazed that people were shocked. I'm like, yes, no, it does not work, like, at all doesn't work for a lot of businesses, but especially people who have tipped employees in spaces that make money off as little social distancing as possible, you know? Um, so yeah, it's been a wild, it's been a wild ride, but I, 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 there are things that will have happened by the time this airs, um, that I'm very excited about. So that'll be good. Everyone, everyone. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. It's amazing to me to hear that. The, well, I guess it's not amazing for me to hear that that the that these people really just don't have a have a sense of how that plan, which on paper certainly probably looks good, doesn't work for us. Well, right. And then people. What I've also learned about Washington is that everyone is very. Everyone is is going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that the PPP comes out looking as a win, because the, it's just going to make everyone more pow- more powerful like no one wants to fail right so everyone's like we really got to make the ppp work and which is good i hope the changes are made to make it work for us i really i really do um but anyone who's listening should go to just save restaurants.com that's the irc website and there's all these calls to action and social media stuff you can post um and if you feel like asking for information about bars um write them and ask because then hopefully we can get more information about bars which is good Awesome. I mean, yeah, you're amazing. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you are pretty amazing. Listen, I think we just sorted out your five-year plan. Maybe in five years you're running for state uh, uh, government of, of, of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the next and I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, you know. I support Senator Mix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, make my own, I'll make my own RTD called Senator Mix. Make, I'll just retire. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. There you go. Five-year plan sorted. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's get on those t-shirt designs right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so let's loop back a little bit. We did talk about your book is launching, and it is during COVID, which means that you're not going to be able to do the traditional sort of go around and tour it, um, you know, to any level. Uh, for, for books like this, uh, uh, you know, the one I wrote as well, it's, it's not as huge as, say, you know, a, a novel, but you still get to go around. What are your plans on how to promote the book uh, early on, at least, before you can get out there and, like, I don't know, I, I guess you don't even get to really be close to people to, like, sign books for them. That's that's pretty disappointing. Yeah, it's, yeah, I kind of feel like Joe Biden. Like, I'm just stuck and I can't, I can't just let people see it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Luckily, Books Are Magic, um, which is the independent bookstore, which is essentially attached to Leyenda, um, just on Smith Street, one door down. Um, They are, I think, one of the best independent bookstores in the entire country, let alone New York. So I can actually just walk to them and sign my books, um, which is really, really good. Um, I've done different Instagram takeovers. I'm trying to get as much press as possible. You know, I'm sending out the copies. You know how this goes, like you get a copy and you get a copy and like hoping people post about it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, doing interviews like this with people like you Uh, on Tuesday, I'm doing a virtual book launch. Um, 
And the first 200 people who RSVP'd got a free book, thanks to El Tesoro and Quantro. Um, so they're going to get a free uh, a Zoom link. We're all going to have a one and a half hour, one hour little party. It's going to be me and Dave Wondrich and the folks from Halfful and the Daily Beast, my sister. Yep you know, shout out. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, um, and then, yeah. And then I'm gonna have special guests. So I'm going to have Aron Sanchez come on. Um, he's the top chef mastermind. Um, and also Steven Soderbergh, who brought Sangani, the national spirit of Bolivia kind of to this country in a, in a popular way. And, um, he's going to talk about Latin films. So that's gonna be fun. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, just gotta, a small gathering of friends. Yeah, you gotta be, <laughs> yeah. you gotta be, gotta be extra creative during these times. And you know, it sounds like you're doing some cool things. Um, yeah. I, I would suggest to you, uh, you know, I made um, uh, early on. We made book plates, uh, which is just basically a sticker that can go inside the book, but it's designed to look like it's part of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who were far away who wanted their book uh, personalized, I, I mailed them a signed book plate, and they could stick it inside their book. It's pretty pretty easy and pretty inexpensive way to kind of market the book and get people to purchase it knowing that it's going to be personalized from you yeah that's what i did for um for my like you're a friend you get a book thing because i had to just mail the whole thing it's weird i look forward to having a sharpie attached to me at all times and sign them for real in the near future <laughs> and then i hope in the future like i'm trying to talk to other independent bookstores to see if i can work with them to do the same thing like hey you know, or like there's like the omnivore books in San Francisco, like be like, Hey guys, let's do it. Let's do a zoom, like same thing, zoom. And then I work with some sort of sponsor to get the first 50 books for the first 50 attendees purchased or what have you. So that's my goal. Just got to organize it when I'm not launching to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or doing speed rack or being a member of the IRC or, you know, all the myriad things that you do to make this, uh, (laughs) <laughs> uh, make this industry a brighter place for people to be and really appreciate you doing that. Yeah, of course. Heck yeah. <laughs> you say, you say, of course. Yeah. Not a lot yeah, of people of would, would just line up to do all the, all the heavy lifting that you're doing. So yeah, but I mean, Christ, I went to Vermont for the first seven weeks of quarantine and I was like, besides playing with my niece, I was like, okay, what is this all about? Like there's only so many pot gummies I can chew on. And <laughs> you know, like I, I was starting to drink earlier and earlier into the day. And I was like, okay, let's get some activity going on right now. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, when, <laughs> yeah. When did when did you venture back to New York then? A Monday, just Monday. Oh, you just, yeah, you just got back. Okay. Yeah. Well, welcome back to whatever this is. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's not normal. It is beautiful uh, out though, isn't it? God, it's so beautiful. Yeah, I think uh, you know the environment is doing really well. <laughs> a lot <laughs> less, God. lot less smog. The skies are very clear, especially at night. Look up at night; it's it's shocking how clear the sky is. Oh, good. Almost as if we were the problem or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Wah, wah. I was saying in the beginning because I'm a bit of a I'm a massive environmentalist. Actually, it's like a big big issue in my life, but. That's a, it's born and bred into Vermonters, I think. Precisely. <laughs> it's just like mainline. <laughs> um, but I was saying that in the beginning of all this, I was like, man, environment, you know, the climate change needs COVID's PR lady because it is crazy the PR COVID's getting. And now I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that was a little brash. <laughs> but still, I do think climate change needs a better PR person because now it's all this plastic being produced with a PPE and Oh my gosh! Yeah, I feel like we're we're gonna we're gonna back up a few steps on all of the like uh, you know environmental consciousness that we had with you know stop of use of single use plastics or glasses or you know now we're everything's to go and uh, it's it's really it's really unsettling to me. Yeah, it is unsettling to me too. Um, well, gents, unless you have anything more to ask of Miss Mix, I think uh, yeah. we're at a good stopping point. I think um, we are. Yeah, wow, another great. We covered a lot today. Yeah, we. We really did. Um, Ivy, can't thank you enough for being, uh, you know, virtually with us on the show uh, again for your third time. Um, really excited to get a hold of your book, Spirits of Latin America. Uh, uh, it's, you can get it on pre-order now at any place that sells uh, the books that you love. Uh, go to go to your local bookstore if you can. Um, 
uh, love all the work you do with your nonprofit uh, Speed Rack, and really, really excited about the things you're doing with the uh, Independent Restaurant Coalition. Really appreciate you taking some time out to talk to us about all those things. Of course, I'm just stoked to hear your guys' voices. I really just want to hang out. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's, I think it's a common uh, complaint for us in this business. You know, uh, you know, people used to come to the bar all the time and say, oh, my God, this bar is so small. And I would say, yeah, I built a small bar because I like to be close to people. Um, oh. And now I can't even have anyone in there. So we'll get past it, though. This, yeah, like all things, good. will end. This too yeah. shall pass. Indeed. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Ivy. I miss you and I love you and I can't wait to see you soon, hopefully. And congrats on five years. It's been awesome. Like, you know, I tell this story all the time about like the first night we were open at Grand Army and we were just not ready. (laughs) (laughs) And like we ran out of ice like in the first like I think couple of hours and, and you and Julie Reiner were there and you said, first of all, Damon, congrats on a very busy bar. Uh, <laughs> secondly, do you need us to go to Clover Club and get you some ice? And you did, and you brought a big ass cooler of ice, and you saved the day. So, I mean, that's what that's what neighborhood bars like ours are all about. And I I'm just glad that we've been friends for so long. And congratulations on all the rad stuff that you're doing. And can't wait to see you. Yeah, same. Yeah. All right, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Till next week or whenever we see you again, cheers. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues. That's him. It's gonna get you the Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.